Well, welcome to the I Make a Difference podcast and I'm Melinda, your host, and I am absolutely blessed today to have one of the most, oh gosh, I'm most sure already, it doesn't make take much being around this lady, um, one of the most beautiful human beings I have ever, ever come across in my entire life, um, someone who I am honoured to call one of my best friends. I am honoured to have her know me better than virtually anyone else besides my mother and my partner, Alan, know me better than anyone else on this earth, who I am and how I process. And this beautiful being who also has not only journeyed the I Make a Difference program and process as she knows it so intimately because this wonderful woman has gifted me the joy of being someone who has actually facilitated the I Make Difference program to so many people who were vulnerable and raw and before I go any further, I will share her name rather than me talking about her. This is my dear friend, Barbara Bint, who I have invited to be a part of the I Make a Difference podcast on a regular basis, which we're just going to run with and see how often that happens, which initially we're aiming at bi-monthly, but it could be more than that. The I Make a Difference podcast, an adventure of exploration of your human self, the conditioned and unhealed parts of you, and your true self, the natural, real and powerful you. A pathway where you unravel, heal and uncover on your journey back to you. Barb delivered this program to people, as I was mentioning, who are raw and vulnerable and who were looking for discovering more about themselves and how they could change their life and find that true self in them again. And the beauty of Barb is not only in what she shares and the experiences and the wisdom she has, but it's also in who she is and her approach and how she expresses herself with the gentleness and the empathy and her ability to truly hear what a person's saying and not just hear it, but see what they're saying and also feel what they're saying and experiencing, which has given her the gift of touching so many people's lives. So Barb and I met back in, gosh, when was it, 2010 or 11, I believe? Yeah, I think it was, Mims. And isn't it amazing just how time flies by? And then when you think back, it's difficult to actually pin a date on it. I know, exactly. <laughs> time seems of no consequence, right? So, yeah, I think for me, you came into my life just at the right time, whatever year that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right time for both of us because you and I, I know you have given me so much in our friendship and also 
you gave me so much um, because to share with everybody, I was Barb's employer at the time. And what was beautiful is our our relationship went beyond being employer and employee and it was a friendship that was established. So you gifted me so much with your truth and your honoring and you were one person because I know your integrity. I know your intentions are always honorable and clean. And that's why I was able to hear so easily the uncomfortable feedback that I needed that I know you gave me with such love that helped me in my growth, both as a person and as an employer. And I want to welcome you. And the reason why I wanted to do this short episode was I wanted to introduce you to Barb and for you to find out a little bit about her, both from my perspective and why I've invited her to be a part of this podcast, but also for Barb to share about herself so that you get to know her before we actually move into episodes where we're going to explore a whole lot of the human processing, soul processing, the I Make a Difference processes, and what we both experience in our lives and how we've grown. So, Barb, if you are comfortable, share who you are, a bit about your background, a bit about even, you know, the name that you share on your, what are we on? Zoom, <laughs> your Zoom name. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, Mins. It's always beautiful to receive, you know, your your thoughts and your honouring of me as a person. I thank you for that. Um, and yeah, it's easy to sort of become emotional because it's been an emotional journey for both of us. And um, so many deep experiences that we've had together, which has been amazing, mm. certainly for my growth and, um, you know, how that's impacted what I now do in my life. So, um, yeah, I, uh, on my Zoom um, name, I always include the lands that the Aboriginal lands that we reside on as respect to First Nations people. So I'm coming to you from Ghana land in South Australia today. Um, and also in respect of, um, you know, representing equity and diversity in who we are as human beings, I use the, the pronouns she and her. Um, and I welcome anyone who is on the same platform as me uh, as Zoom to identify what pronouns they prefer to use. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I think that my way of moving around the world, um, I always aim to um, respect and, and acknowledge people's uniqueness and whatever that means to them. And you mentioned when you what you were saying previously the beautiful people that we've mm. met on this journey together come from so, so many diverse backgrounds. Um, and what an honor to be able to sit with that, hear their stories and create as safe a space as we possibly could for that to be heard. And oftentimes, even in the work that I do now for people, it's about being heard, um, yeah. So currently I, I work um, mainly in programs that support people who are caring for someone else in their life. Um, so I've worked in the last eight years or so for an organization that provides support for organizations to roll out 
peer-to-peer programs for carers. So that's people with their own experience of caring um, offer their time and their lived expertise to be able to support carers who are going through those early stages of becoming a carer or through the complexities of caring, even ultimately to the point where someone is supporting a loved one to die at home or in their place of choosing. Yeah, and that's something that I'm going to be talking to you about personally soon because of finally acknowledging myself that at a level I'm becoming the carer for my mum and it's quite a big shift. So yeah. I can imagine the emotions that the people that you meet, what they experience and what they bring when they do connect with you. And I can imagine the beauty of you facilitating such a beautiful space for them to be able to open up and share that vulnerability with you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, oftentimes people just um, don't, have the ability to download what's going on for them in a truly vulnerable way with those that are closest to them. So by um, being that outsider, I guess, to the situation, you're able to offer that space. Um, And it's not about making any judgment on it. It's not about fixing anything. It's just about accepting that that's what's happening for that person. And then ultimately, and I certainly learned this through the IMAD um, is supporting their process not being the one to say well I think you should do this and this and this you can guide but actually it's supporting their process and their choices Mm. I'm curious Barb and and I know you will have shared this with me many years ago and I'm sorry I don't remember clearly but what was it that drew you initially to putting aside it being I make a difference, but that want to explore yourself and that growth? Where were you in your life when we connected, if you don't mind me asking? Mm-hmm. What was it that drew you mm-hmm. to what we were doing and what we were journeying with? Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's so interesting because I... I think there was conscious choice around it, but I think that there was an awful lot of um, just beautiful influence that was going on around me that pointed me in the right direction. So um, myself and my family had emigrated to Australia only a few years previously. So that was a massive shift in um, our life, changed the trajectory of what we are doing now and who we are now. And you immigrated from? From the UK. Yeah, Yeah, so that in itself was a huge decision. Um, So yeah, arrived here in Australia. um, And I never expected to struggle to gain secure employment. I I trained as a primary school teacher. And I think I assumed that I would just like roll into a, a, a job in a school and happy ever after Um, and it wasn't quite as easy as that because there were hoops you had to jump through to be able to secure that permanent work so after about three four years of having um, you know often on contracts and not being able to secure a permanent position I thought well this is not sustainable for us as a family we had to know that there was regular income Mm -hmm. coming in Mm -hmm. so I started to look around 
And I thought, well, what, what could I do um, other than teaching that, that it draws upon those skills? Um, and then I saw um, the advert for um, a facilitator with I Make a Difference. And it actually was purely the title of I Make a Difference that drew me in. Wow. So I thought, you know what? That's what I, that's my mantra in a way. I want to make a difference. So, um, okay, let's go and see what this is. And I've always been the sort of person that um, is inquisitive about something that just captures my attention. Um, and I'm not scared to walk through that doorway and just find out a little bit more. Maybe I've always been a bit of a nosy child or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I wonder what that is. And then, of course, I remember this moment like it was yesterday, Mims. I came in, um, oh, no, like travel back a bit. I didn't hear back from you initially. And I thought, oh, that's strange. I've not heard back. And so I plucked up the courage to actually give you a call and wow. say, uh, I don't know if you remember this. And um, I, I will um, admit it. No, I don't. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That I'd applied and hadn't heard back um, and I just wondered if there was um, any feedback that you could give me on my application and you paused for a moment and you said I remember I remember your application and you rifled through some papers on your desk I could hear you doing it and you went oh my god it's here and it was underneath a whole pile of other things and then you said and you come in next week. Um, it, it was as quick as that. And I was so glad that I'd given you that call because instinctively I, I, I felt that, that was the right thing to do. Um, and then when I came in for the interview, you know, normal introductions to each other. And then you leant forward and you said to me, who has smothered you? And that's in that moment, and I feel emotional now, but in that moment, I thought, my goodness, this woman can see me. Yeah. And that was the moment. That was the moment I, could, I knew I could trust you. That was the moment I became vulnerable. That was the moment I could share. And um, it was like no other interview I'd ever had in my life before or since. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah mm. and what is beautiful that you've just shared with me is what you've gifted me too is how vulnerable I've been able to be with you and you've seen me at some of my rawest and sorest times and yeah. I I'm getting and I'd be interested in getting your feedback is that part of the reason not a conscious purposely done thing by me but part of the reason for you ringing was for you to commit to you and taking mm. that step for what you wanted and and committing to that next stage because it would have been quite an unknown because in those days what was a facilitator what was this whole process about and and it wasn't the norm and I do, I don't remember the words, but what I remember from your application was the feelings that invoked in me. 
and the processing that you shared with me and there was a depth to you and an awareness and a wisdom that I know I hadn't actually experienced and felt with other people's applications at that level. So it's mm. interesting. And yet again, you and I both know this, trust the process and how it unfolds and act on what you know is the right thing to do at the time to make sure that you're working with that process and fulfilling your responsibilities. And it's interesting, it ended up under a pile of other whatever they were documents <laughs> because I remember the feelings I had in reading your application. Mm. So, and, and it's interesting that I remember the feelings because that's very much your processing, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, that tactile processing and how connected you are to people's energy and what's happening for them. Mm. And I think that experience alone that you, that you gave me has supported me to trust myself to go to that place of um, naming what is there, is present for a person, trusting myself to know it's safe to say so, and then open up that opportunity for that person to share whatever they want to share yeah. um yeah because it is an energy transaction it's not it's not cognitive at all in those moments you absolutely feel experience sense all those parts of yourself connecting as human beings um that energy exchange yeah, yeah. It's, it's that complete openness where I know from who I am, I would have, I was already open, but it's like the energy comes out and it, it protects the person. And it's like you're the only two in that space. Mm. And the, the connection of the, it is the soul energy is that you come and you meet, but you don't invade, you don't encroach upon, you totally respect that person's process and where they're at. And it's done with no judgments and full acceptance and that absolute love and interest in that person. And I know with you, yours is that very gentle energy that's got a lot of nurturing to it. And I know mine's still gentle, but it has that level of strength, which we both express in our own different ways. And I don't know if that was your experience, but I know it's been my experience with you, that it's that the strength is that clarity and that reliability and that consistency that allows that person to breathe into the space and actually share. Yeah, yeah. It goes beyond, because a lot of people would say I'm a good listener. It goes beyond that. And, and I think that where people are identified as good listeners, they are also sharing those qualities and providing that safe space for people. Yeah yeah um yeah it's it's such an important part of what it means to be a connected human in this world um 
but it does open open you up um has well opens me up at times mm. to um you can feel a little bit like you want to rescue you want to make things better so i have to remind myself um that's not what you're here for uh it's okay so um yeah that's a, a bit of a a bit of a struggle for me at times yeah and that's that's an area you and I are going to do a whole episode <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's something that I I believe a lot of people aren't even aware they're actually doing it mm. and it's such an ingrained pattern especially where the likes of yourself and also myself but for different reasons grew up so quickly and took on board those responsibilities at a young age yeah, definitely. So, but with regards to you and who you are and where you're at in your life so people get to know you a little bit more is there anything else you'd like to share about you and and your love of life and your life in general mm, yeah uh, well I'm I'm um, a mum of three children um, my son lives in Norway one daughter lives at home with us my husband and I and another daughter lives in Melbourne. Um, I've got three grandchildren, one in Norway and two here living <laughs> with us. Um, so a little Norwegian nugget that lives over in Norway. Oh. Adorable. Um, and two Aboriginal boys who uh, my grandson's here in Adelaide. Um, it's such a beautiful experience. And uh, who would have thought that a an English family would end up in so, <laughs> so multicultural. multicultural. I know. <laughs> so that that was not the journey I thought was going oh. to, um, you know, unravel for me as I went through my life. Um, I love being um, a grandma. I love my family. They are the most important thing to me. Nothing yeah. else matters. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to be part of their lives. Um, in my work, I um, not only do I have the work that I described earlier, but um, there's a couple of other sidelines. Uh, I think I've got a, uh, I've got a poor attention span, basically. So I have a go at most things. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's so, that curious side of you. <laughs> it is definitely that curious side. Yeah. Um, yeah, not enough years to get everything done, but let's let's give it a go anyway. <laughs> and um, so I trained as an end of life doula, um, and that's a, a non medical uh, support person for people at the end of life. But through that training, I I sort of was veered more towards supporting those caring for those who were dying. Mm -hmm. Mm. So again, that thread that comes through the, the experience that I've had and it just places me in the right position in, in you know in the in the doula world. Um, and I find that so rewarding. Um, and then as a result of that also, I um, became involved with a community hospice that's being developed um, with the, uh, and through a Buddhist approach. So um, I did a beautiful retreat that was um, spiritual care with the dying um, from a Buddhist perspective, met some amazing people um, and again discovered that there was an opportunity to get involved in the development of this community-based hospice mm -hmm. and I thought I can step through that door, I'd love to be involved with that 
So it's almost like the things that I've done up to this point, including my journey with you and with IMAD, um, has led me to this, this place in my life where I can use all of the skills, all of the insight, the um, yeah, even just like trusting myself that yeah. this is what I should be doing right now. And I don't so, need to look into the future. This is what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, if, with your teaching, was it preschool? Primary school. So you've gone from primary school and helping very young children to the time make a difference, you worked with teenagers and adults and helping people transition from their human self and their emotional processing to discover more of their true self to now working with people at the end of their life that's mm -hmm. pretty powerful to cover mm -hmm. a whole a whole human being's life and you've helped all of those particular age groups mm -hmm. and stages which is pretty Gosh, amazing i've never seen it like that mins <laughs> that's that's pretty special yeah. yeah not just pretty special exceptionally special one of the interesting things around you experiencing supporting young children and their learning and introduction to the world through to supporting those that are going through the chaos that we go through at times in life and then through to working with and supporting carers and people who are coming towards the end of their life it's it's and it would be interesting if you knew what you knew now and went mm. back to your preschool days and and mm. the approaches that could be taken but that's not meant to be but how beautifully it's unfolded and you're in the space where you're going you're supporting people to transition back to their soul self without mm. the human body again and what a magical place to be in but also to add to that the years you spent working with and um, walking alongside so many aboriginal participants in the work you were doing that you then have aboriginal grandchildren and it just is such a a magical example and i know this connects with you because of your weaving that you do because you haven't mentioned that part of you but i know we haven't got much longer but how it all weaves together the tapestry of our lives and that there's so much meaning to it that we may not embrace until further on in our lives which is something i know both you and i encourage people at younger ages to be able to do so so thank you for sharing that that's beautiful as you are oh thank you Mins. but yeah if we see our lives as a beautiful tapestry yeah. and uh, what that made me think of was um you know like if if the tapestry say was a beautiful bedspread um and you've got the little bits that get worn you get the little bits that draw you in and are particularly beautiful and even the individual stitches mm. um get the comfort of that too um just that sort of imagery of being 
you know, you, you're you're wrapped and held mm. in that beautiful tapestry. Mm. Um, and it's created by yourself and all the people that you come across in life um, and whatever your interaction with them yeah. ends up being. And, and yeah, and you become part of someone else's tapestry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you are yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Darling, I know you've got things you uh, commitments for you to fulfill, and thank you for our first podcast episode, <laughs> which you and I agreed to. Let's just let it unfold and see what see what eventuates, and it's yeah. exactly what it's meant to be. And I'm so looking forward to you and I having the opportunity to connect and to explore more in the upcoming episodes. Yeah, thank you so much, Mins. It's going to be fun. Oh, no. <laughs> well, even, even the distinctions I've got today, things that things I've learned about you as well, which I want to talk <laughs> further privately, but just, yeah, how we can, we can remember some of the things that were painful and uncomfortable because it's really important we do that to heal. Mm-hmm. But how our memories at times we don't connect back to those beautiful times and mm-hmm. like the gift that I gave you in that interview that I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't remember. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mins. You have a wonderful day. You too, darling. And until next time. We will see you soon. Yeah, great. I look forward to it. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.